ML Nation, episode 522. You know, that's what I love to do, add value to people's lives, to show them that, that we care for them. And we can do that a lot in network marketing. I think that will help you build your business too. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built teams to over 80,000 and is now a full-time business coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us right now. Here is Simon Chan. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring our special guest from down under. We are Laurie Hilsinger. Hey, Laurie, are you ready to make it happen? I am. Thanks for having me along, Simon. It's exciting to be on here with you. It's an absolute pleasure. Laurie Hilsinger is a multiple six-figure earner from the Gold Coast, Australia, and has been full-time in network marketing since 2014. She's been married to her husband, Alan, for over 15 years and have two girls. Alan has also appeared on ML Nation Podcast on episode 323. Prior to network marketing, Laurie had an extensive business and international corporate training background, including spending over 10 years in Japan. She's fluent in Japanese. She and her husband, Alan, has built a team of over 25,000 people. Laurie Hilsinger is also going to be one of the guest speakers at the upcoming 7th Annual No BS, No Hype in Australia. That's the longest-running generic network marketing training event in Australia. It's going to be on August 24th and 25th in Brisbane. So anyway, Laurie, I've given ML Nation a brief background, but please share a little bit. How did you go from being a corporate trainer, uh, living in Japan, to network marketing? Yeah, Simon, that's a great question. <laughs> Actually, uh, we lived in Japan, as I said, for 10 years, and uh, I had my, well, I, I lost one child in Japan, and then I had my eldest daughter. And then when we moved to Australia, the thing about Japan is their work ethic is insane, and I literally was working 14, 15-hour days in the corporate world, and I knew that I didn't want to be the mother that, you know, was warehousing her children in childcare with people, you know, I barely knew. And I really, especially after losing my first child, I really was looking for a better way and a way that I could spend more time with my kids. So when we moved back to Australia, I thought, you know what, I'll just become a school teacher. Uh, so I went and got my qualifications for that. So <laughs> I um, started teaching and and, you know, had the kids at home. And I actually, you know, I stumbled into network marketing and having a master's degree in linguistics and the highest proficiency in Japanese, like I did have a lot of ego around network marketing. I, my dad told me when I got my first degree and I was struggling to get a job that you never get into the sales that they pay you afterwards. You know, you've got to get a steady income. And you know what, that was really sound advice for him in his day. But, uh, you know, I, I took that on board and thought that network marketing was for people that, you know, didn't have a degree and couldn't get a job. And I really did have an ego about it. But it was just purely because I fell in love with the products and, was really enjoying um, the experience of helping other people gain the same results that I was gaining that I looked into it because it turns out that the money I was earning out of it was actually bigger than my paycheck from my regular job. So I was like, okay, this is there's definitely something to this which caused me to really look into it and 
could learn from people that had done this successfully to see whether it was going to be for me or not. Mm. So actually, that's that's how I got into it. How long how long did it take you about from being just uh, exposed to the products and then to finally decide to do this? Yeah, so uh, we actually started the products in January 2014, so five years ago this month. And I actually, like, I had such an allergy to network marketing that I'm really sorry, Simon, you were already all over it at that point, weren't you? (laughs) Um, But I had this allergy to network marketing that I wasn't going to tell anyone I was even using the products in case they're linked to to network marketing. So, you know, I got amazing results over that month and even the following month I wasn't that interested but then I started just to introduce naturally my sister-in-law and a couple of friends. I told them what I was doing secretly but I actually, at the time I was apologizing because it was a network marketing product but I, I just said, look, it is amazing. Just trust me. You you want to do it. It's phenomenal. And so, well, they were begging me to tell them to, to be fair. <laughs> so I got them, you know, just started. So that was all around. That was just really me just sharing it. And it wasn't until I went to our company's major event, which was the end of March in 2014, that I really caught the vision. So I only went because I had a little bit of FOMO. Uh, fear of missing out. My husband, Alan, had already started to really look at the money and he's a numbers man. And he was like, this this is decent income and there's people making decent income. And But it just went in one ear and out the other for me. I was like, I'm just not interested in it at all. I've got enough going on. You know, I've got a full-time job, two kids who at that time were under five. And we actually had an online business as well at the same time. Plus, we were actually working on a sports tour company as if we didn't have enough time, you know. (laughs) So there was no way I was going to tap on anything else. However, you know, I, I went along because of FOMO because my husband was going and I thought I'll just go for one day, see what it's all about and, yeah, like find out why these products work so well. That was actually my intention. And when I got there, you know, there was a lot that, was said on stage and I thought this is really cool I really like these people I definitely crave a community like this and it feels good being here and actually these people are really interested in personal development I'm really interested in personal development but it was actually a conversation I had with somebody that was in the toilet queue uh, so I'm kind of weird but I was just waiting in line and I was talking about a book I was reading at the time and she was talking about her why, why she got into network marketing. A lovely, lovely older lady just had this beautiful energy and she was like, you know, follow your why, follow your dream and she was really talking to me. Actually, I don't even remember what she said but it was the way that she made me feel and I came back from the bathroom and found Alan, my husband. I said, oh, I just met the most loveliest lady in the bathroom queue. And, you know, she's telling me, you know, about her why and it fits in so well with this book that I'm reading at the moment. And the very next thing you know, this lady was introduced as our company's first millionaire in Australia on stage. <laughs> yeah, that was actually like those memorable things. Anyway, I I won't tell Education Queensland this, although this is public, but I did take a sick day the very next day so I could go back. (laughs) I really wanted to learn more and find out more about what it was all about and I knew that I needed to be at the corporate event to really see what it was all about. So that's 
that's when everything shifted for me. So that was about three months in. That was a really long answer, Simon. I hmm. hope that's all good. <laughs> now, uh, once you got started, you got pretty good success pretty quickly, right? Why did you think you had success quickly while a lot of people struggle? What are, the, what are they doing wrong that you uh, did right? Yeah, that's a great question, Simon. I actually think of, for us, it was the perfect storm. People, when they come to network marketing, come with different backgrounds, different abilities, different networks. They're the, actually those three things, right? Your background, your network, your abilities. And, you know, Alan and I both worked on this full time. We're very competitive people. We have a very high work ethic. I just thought that's how everybody worked. Maybe that was something that, well, actually my parents ingrained it in us. I'm one of seven kids and we grew up on a farm and it wasn't always easy. So, I mean, really high work ethic. I then went to Japan and worked ridiculous hours. I worked my way up the ladder really quickly. And actually Alan's exactly the same when it comes to competition, when it comes to those sorts of things. So, you know, people compare their journeys and it's, you know, it's unfair to do that because, you know, everybody's journey is so unique, so individual. And we both brought different strengths to the table, but we've done literally years of personal development courses. We just hadn't found the right vehicle until we found network marketing. You know, we applied it to small businesses. And it's funny, you know, at all these personal development courses that we did, you know, with Robert Kiyosaki, with T. Harvecker, with Dr. Martini. Uh, this was leading into joining our company. We were always told, you know, get yourself into a network marketing company and, you know, you know, work that. And that information just you know, I, once again, I just let that go past. I was like, no, 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 that's not how we're going to make money. You know, we're going to do this. We, we're going to set up a business. I think I had a bit of ego about that too. I kind of felt that I had to do everything myself to be successful. I felt like I had to be ground up. It had to be, you know, real grit. And, you know, I'm constantly these days, and actually this year, my focus, Simon, is to look for easier ways to do things without you know, even when I studied Japanese, you know, I lived over there for 10 years and to get the highest rank of Japanese proficiency, it's a big deal. It's a lot of work. And some people kind of shortcut that. And I was never going to shortcut it. I was going to, you know, do it properly. And yeah, now I'm like, you know what, you know, how can this be easier is the question that I ask myself daily. <laughs> and network marketing is a much easier way. It's not, it's not easy, but much easier than alternatives. It, it is. It is. Look, that business that we were running on the side, we brought in over a million dollars of revenue a year, but you know we had to we had to have stock. Like I, we had over sixty thousand at any particular point. It was over sixty thousand dollars worth of stock sitting in our garage, and you know I was working full time to even pay that off. And then you come home and organize the kids, organize my school lessons again for the next day, and then. Like it was like 2, 3 a.m. in the morning, I'd be walking out to our garage getting product and while Alan was online listing it and doing all the correct things and, you know, responding to emails and those sorts of things. And I knew that we just couldn't continue, that we we're going to burn out if we continue doing it this way. But, you know, it was a lot of work because you literally have to do everything yourself. And a lot of people are really good at doing like what they they master, like they, they're good mm. at mastering a couple of skills, but not everything. So, it is very difficult and um, I kind of take it for granted. But, you know, I had this ego that I wanted to do it all myself. I want to say that I'm a, you know, a business owner and, you know, and network marketing, we are like we deal with different problems. It's a different hard 
they say choose your hard, right? <laughs> but um, and, and look, there, it doesn't come without issues. It doesn't come without learning. It's been actually out of all the personal development I've done, being in a network marketing company and working with people is probably being the best personal development course ever. <laughs> so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like Robbie Kiyosaki wrote a couple of years ago, wrote a book, uh, Business School, right? Like you can read all the books, but if you're actively building, you'll learn more, especially in your first two years about business than going to business school because you're actually in the trenches building, doing, you know, prospecting, marketing, leadership training. What well, In terms of your growth, what would you say was your a turning point? Outside of that event where you met the million-dollar earner who um, shared her dream, what was a turning point or maybe a light bulb moment that afterwards it really your business really took off? That's a good question. We, you know, I drove, we drove home that day and we started like our master list. We started who we were going to talk to and how we were going to approach them. And you know, Alan and I kind of worked on it together but separately and differently we're totally different I was definitely more go and meet up with people and talk to them over the phone and I'm not really on Facebook all that much although I like to create curiosity on Facebook whereas Alan was a lot on Facebook talking to people and meeting people that way turning point you know I don't know if there was one in particular off the top of my head it was really that was the the big event that we went to really shifted things for me and from there it's just been the journey and I've had Mm. lots of moments when I know I'm in the right space in the right time but yeah that's been our journey well I think the lesson for everyone who's listening and watching this is that you took immediate action on the, you say on yes. the ride on the ride home, right? Some people think, "Oh, yeah. let me when I get back on Monday morning, I think a weekend event, I'm going to get to it." Uh, you didn't even wait. You were on the way home. You were making that names list, and that's the foundation that we're marking. You you created a plan, Alan. You reach out to do these. I'm going to reach out to these and make it happen. Yeah, hello. That's from Tony Robbins as well, right? He's like, never leave the place of learning without taking initial action. So. We did. We did that straight away. And you know what, Simon, I think that's a big key there because I hear people say, oh, you know, you get back and you've got to deal with life and things like that. And I I, I always nod my head and go, yeah, 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 totally get that. And then recently I've gone, actually, I personally don't work that way though. I really should be sharing that with more people and telling them, no, I take initial action. It's not to say that I don't rest and stop and try and sort out those things, but inspire of my environment when I get home I go to work anyway yeah how, how do you I know that's one of your like magical powers you're very persistent consistent how do you block off but you're human too right you have distractions you have the kids how do you <laughs> yeah. stay focused yes so the, you know what I am so human and I don't always Simon it's like sometimes it doesn't work but I'm prepared to forgive myself and to move on you know and actually just go okay yeah I stuffed up there and recognize it hopefully sometimes I recognize it sooner than I don't but how does it happen it look it's really it's messy it feels really messy so the amount of times that I've come and said I'm really going to do this and it's almost like the universe throws everything in your face to try and make it not happen to start with (laughs) like it's like you know what make it simpler when you start a new exercise regime and you go for, you're like, yes, I'm going to do this. And you're like full on into it. You're prepped and you've eaten the right foods and everything. And then you go outside and you, you're running slowly, gently down the road and then you trip and you, your ankle breaks or whatever, right? Like 
how many times <laughs> does that happen? It's like, but how do you deal with that is key, right? Right. So, yeah, that's really, for me, you know, in such a situation, and that's happened to me in many different ways in the past, you know, I just keep walking for a bit until I feel like I've, you know, I've achieved enough and then go back and actually it takes more to then go back and go out again the next day or go and do it again, you know. But, you know, one thing I do do, Simon, is I do have a regular coach. You know, actually I've got multiple coaches but a lot of mindset coaching. And even with all that mindset coaching, I was only just saying on Facebook the other day, even with all of that, sometimes I uh, I get tested and actually I was admitted into hospital. I've been to hospital three times this month and um, I was admitted into hospital just last Saturday and everything just went out the <laughs> went out, <laughs> out of my head and I kind of went into this whole unworthiness thing that I've dealt with before. But for me, I think it's just key to recognize it. And I did. Like I, I watched it play out for a bit and then I went, hang on, that's that same unworthiness thing that's happening. And and to recognize it before it gets into the driving seat and takes over your life to go, yeah, I know you get back in the back seat, you know, because it's all ego, it's all in your head, you know, and keep it in the back seat. Because, you know what, I've done lots of things to actually try and throw it out the windshield, but sometimes I just need to recognize that it's there anyway. So just to just to push it to the back and do it in spite of that. Yeah. Um, you brought up my mindset. And it's, it's like, actually, I'm teaching my son this, right? Especially with sports. It's like, the only thing we can control, you can't control what happens. You can't control, you know, the weather. You can't control the government. Sometimes you can't control what happens to your body, your health, your downlines. Definitely can't control your prospects. The only thing we can control is ourselves and how we think, right? And how you react to what happens. So you went to the hospital. How did you react to it? How, how did you, uh, how, you know, prospect says no to you. How did you react to it? Yeah, exactly. How... And sometimes in this business, I see people in our team actually judging their outputs as opposed to their inputs, you know. So, you know, they didn't get the amount of sign-ups that they wanted or they didn't achieve the final goal. But then they've got to go back to, but did I take the actions? Did I put in the, the things that I said I was going to do, you know, the things that you can control, right? right. And that's really key. You know, uh, you brought up. You, you see that, it's great. This just happened like uh, today. So one of my uh, purpose-driven networkers in our community that I prospect together with, he, he asked this question. So we have like this competition tracking. Uh, and one of the things we track is how many presentations you send out, right? So whether yeah. it's a video or you send people to a Zoom meeting, how many people actually send out? And he's like, Simon, why don't we track how many people watch the video instead of sending out the video? Because like, well, I think that's what happens to a lot of network marketers. They, fo- they focus on the result. Whether someone watches it, that's beyond your control, right? So if you exactly. if you send out one video and one person watched it, sign up, does that mean you're good? It doesn't mean, uh, it's better the person that sent out 20 presentations and have one person watch it is doing way, way better than the person who sent out one for one or two for two. Because, and I think what Laura is sharing is that you, f- you focus on what you can control. Right. You can always control your activity. You can't control what whether people sign up or watch. The only thing you can control is your activity and, and staying in the trenches and doing the little bit of what it takes to grow the business. Yeah. And you can control your mindset too, right? And that's really where it's at. And eventually, you know, well, this is why I love working this business with Alan and having a numbers man nearby you. <laughs> eventually, the numbers always will work out. And it's just so consistent, Simon. Our numbers with network marketing are just like, they are people. 
actually we we did some fantastic coaching and uh, like we've got enough not maybe in australia network marketing in australia i say still is pretty relatively new with everything but uh, you know america we can track how companies work and people say oh you know but it's different in asia it's different in australia but the numbers everywhere we go are the same yeah. and um it, it's great to see those numbers because if you've sent out 20 videos you know you eventually the numbers are going to are going to even out you brought up a great point you got to track your numbers right because you know your numbers now if you're watching this you may not know your numbers if you track enough uh, and, and sometimes people say, well, how many people, uh, I think it's not working for me. How many people have you talked to? Uh, I think I talked to 10 or 20. There's a big difference between setting out 10 or 20 presentations or doing 10 three-way calls, 20, because your skill sets gets better. And I think tracking the numbers, like Laura, you know how close you are. You may go for over 30, over 40, but you know your numbers always averages out, right? Track, and I guess Alan's a sports guy. He's a numbers guy. In this business, it averages out. You got to know your numbers, and it gives you hope as well, because you know every right. Because if you're in the slump, you haven't gotten anyone this month. You know you, or maybe you're over a hundred for whatever reason. You know that it's not going to last forever. Laura, you're going to do a couple presentations, meetings, and the numbers will average out. There's new customers. Your team is going to grow. Exactly, and look, it's interesting because people don't necessarily always treat this like a real business. Numbers are key. You know, if we don't know like that stock that was in our garage back to front, if we don't know like what's being listed, if we don't know, in fact, you know, a bank would never give you a loan unless you knew all your numbers, right? Yet people come to me too and they say, look, you know, no one's signing up. It's not happening. The first thing I say to them, you know, it's either it's either a quantity or a quality issue. So what's your quantities? Tell me how many people you've spoken to. And if they can't tell me, if they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm connecting with lots of people and I've, you know, added this amount of people to Facebook and, you know, that's not really useful. I need to know exactly how many new people have you spoken to about, you know, network marketing and how many new people have you or, or sent a tool to and how many new people, you know, have you got on three-way calls? Have you invited to an event and that sort of thing? So that's really key to their success. Hey, getting back to your journey, this is my favorite question. What is your worst, worst moment in network marketing? To the point maybe you even had some doubts and you maybe even think, oh, I hate this business. Why do I do this? Maybe I shouldn't do this. But you, did, you didn't quit. You stayed in there. And that's why you are the leader you are today. I wanted to know the worst, worst moment and the thought process that was going on in your mind. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, look, you know, there is... There, there's actually there's lots of times that we, there's often stuff that's going on in our business, Simon, that it just challenges. I kind of feel like I'm challenged to the next level. There is a lot of different things like that that goes on. And, you know, when you build relationship with somebody and they're like your sister, they're like your brother and you're working together on this business and, and then you feel like they don't agree to their commitment, right? They, you know, we committed to you know building this thing together for this period of time and and for whatever reason they change their mind I think that's heartbreaking and you know it's actually happened a couple of times that we've had people that have come into our business with huge potential and love working with them everything's so smooth and we work but at the time it is really 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 tough to deal with that right and, you know, for a good 24 hours, I go into, could I have done anything differently? You know, have I, 
it maybe is this not for me then even like even with the income that we earn I even double guess these things right like but the one thing that I keep coming back to is a another piece of coaching that I thought was phenomenal from a guy called Colin James. He's in Australia. And he says, you know, you can't choose your first reaction, but you can choose your second. Hmm. And, you know, for me to be really down and out about it at first when someone leaves our business and the devastation that I do go through, because I really invest a lot of myself in those people. And it almost feels like a betrayal, honestly. And But then after I come around and I allow myself that time to take it all in and understand it for what it is, I keep going back to the same thing that I don't need anybody. Everybody could lose my leave my business, Simon. (laughs) Anybody could leave our business could entirely shut down. But I know that I've got it in me because of the journey, because of how much I've grown to rebuild the whole thing again, (laughs) to start all over. And I know, I know I can do that. But initially, when there is those moments, like I said before, that it just overtakes me and I think it's terrible, you know, and I just, there is those periods and I, I've now allowed myself to have that time to go, yeah, this really does suck. <laughs> but, you know, then to regroup and choose my next response and know that actually it's all going to work out perfectly yeah. and we can move forward. So, yeah, but those it's- moments, they happen. So I'm glad you brought that up. You know, I want to add something. Uh, you said that because you build it once, you can always build it again, right? And yeah. and I want to share something with you. This was like a homily. I shared this with a leader and said it helped them out a lot. So for those who are listening, like sometimes you feel like, wow, look at this. Uh, these people, and in every company, these people made, became successful really quickly, maybe from wherever the background is, right? And then you feel like those people are so lucky. Or if you know you got it at the right time, you're lucky. But those are the people who are actually unlucky because if things were taken away from them, could they be able to build back again, right? Like Laurie, was, she, she, was she sharing basically, she knows that if things, I mean, I hope, hope one doesn't happen, like knock on wood, right? But if something happened to her business, she loses it, she's built it once, she can go to bed and be like, hey, it may take some work, but I can do it again. Nothing was gifted to her. She actually worked, you know, did the things that required to be successful. And if you build it once, you can build it again. Totally. Let's go to some questions, okay? Uh, which, where do you see network marketing? Where do you see how network marketing is changing, especially in Australia? Yeah, What's your vision? So, like, to me, network marketing, you know, even, you know, in Japan, I didn't even see network marketing because I had my blind my blinders onto it, you know. I was kind of warned against it. And uh, it's kind of funny, actually, because, you know, I lived 10 years in Japan. I've got all these friends. And now that they know that I'm a network marketer, they've come out of the blue and they're, you know, <laughs> talking to me saying, hey, we were doing that. And I'm like, oh. I, it was funny, though, like, because I think back there was people that had warned me against spending time with them and I think it was all around their fear with network marketing but I never really delved into it at the time and you know in Australia I mean we've only just begun Uh, but I do see like I'm seeing for me in the future that it is getting to this point where I I do believe everybody's going to be doing this side hustle on the side and that not everybody has seen that vision yet but they're starting to see it. And, you know, I just see the difference that an extra, even just an extra 250 to $300 a week makes to a family, a household. I was just talking to a lady in our business who she started four years ago and uh, she's taken off 
a lot of time recently, but she was just telling me how much of a difference that money hitting, she hasn't done anything lately at all. She was, you know, self-admitting that she hadn't done anything, but she's just had a new baby and but that money has made such a difference. It means that she hasn't had to go back to work yet. It means that, uh, you know, they it's been able to substitute quite a lot of things in their ha- family mm. household and she was saying, you know, that's why I want to take it to the next level now. Like I'm ready to really move it up. But, but I realised that's made such a difference for me. Why am I not sharing this with more people? You know, especially over these last couple of years, I've made all these new friendships as well. So she's just restarted doing that. And I mean, they're actually, you know, even more than the million dollar story, Simon, I get a kick out of just hearing that people have achieved a goal, that they're getting some kind of growth and some kind of help um, with that alone. Because I don't know, I think we're, um, a lot of people are dealing with a lot of financial struggles. Yeah. Um, Clearly, I mean, you know, <laughs> you hear about it all the time and uh, it can just make such a big difference just having that little bit extra. And I can see in the future that everybody's going to have a side hustle going and whether that be, you know, their own business, it, it's just that it's network marketing, it, it makes it easier. You're like you don't have to do everything. You really, you know, you just have to really focus on the sales and coaching sides of things, mm. really. To me, they're, they're probably the key things and and, you know, and then people say, hey, but I don't like sales. Well, any kind of business, any kind of side hustle, I mean, life, everything, even being a mother, like I'm selling all the time, you know, I have to sell my kids to eat broccoli. Mm. <laughs> I have to sell Alan to make the bed in the morning, right? <laughs> so it's really, yeah, yeah I, I can see network market. I honestly believe in the future we'll probably turn up to parties and people will be like, hey, what are you selling? And they'll be like, I'm selling this. And I'll be like, well, I'm selling this. Oh, yeah, I'll put you on for this person. I could see that happening quite a lot. It's already starting to happen. But I believe that people will all be having a bit of a side hustle going on. Absolutely. And I love the Australian market. And that's uh, for those who are watching, that's where this is. I'm going back to again this year for our seventh annual No BS, No Hype. It's the longest running generic training event in Australia, and you can catch Laurie. Laurie will be on stage speaking. It's uh, October, August 24th, 25th. You can check it out at mlnation.com forward slash no BS 2019. You know, you talk about residual income. There's also two things about residual income. I always feel like if people really knew, it's kind of like your story of that of your friend, right, who kind of didn't do much for a while. If people really knew what residual income was, even if it was like two, $300, you work so, so much harder. In network marketing, the value. Uh, and the second thing I joke about residual income is like, and I've experienced this, like it makes you really lazy again. <laughs> so, because it's, like, it's just, you don't need to work and money still comes in. It's actually pretty cool. But just don't get too lazy for too long because it happened to me. <laughs> no, it does happen to some people as well. Right? right? So, totally. Yep. Hey, so as you wrap up towards the end of the show, you've been so inspiring and you're an amazing storyteller. Let's, I'm going to just pick your brain. Uh, but and these could be really short answers, okay? Like one sentence answers. Yep. Okay. So yep. the first one is, uh, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Steve Covey, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm, good. What is one habit that's helped you become successful? Mm, one habit. I have quite a few, but I'll go with meditation. Awesome. What's your, I, I meditate a lot too. What, what's your, I, I shouldn't say I meditate a lot. I meditate consistently daily. What's your meditation routine? I'm actually, at the moment, I'm focused on Dr. D, uh, Dispenza's work. I'm doing his course this year. So I'm really excited to do that. But I wake up early in the morning and meditate straight away. So How long do you meditate 20, for in the morning? 
at the moment because I'm doing his program, 50 minutes, but it used to be 20. It's good. That's where I think I'm the huge fan of meditation. It gives you awareness. When Larry is talking about like uh, the thoughts, the reaction, the more you meditate, the more you'll be able to, like you said, you can't control the first reaction, but you can control the second reaction. And meditation definitely helps with that. What is the, back to you, what's the best piece of advice you ever received? Best piece of advice? So many good ones. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, a good piece of advice that I've received is, uh, well, you know, even just the one I gave before about, you know, choose your second reaction. You know, that first one you can put to the side and then choose your second reaction. Choose how you're going to respond to it. What's your favorite prospecting tool? So say you have a qualified prospect that's interested. Do you send a uh, quickly uh, to a link to a video or do you just add it to a Facebook group and video or do you do Zoom when you meet face-to-face? What do you like to use? I actually like to Zoom with a third party or meet up with a third party. I'm all about getting on the phone to somebody else. Mm. Do you have a favorite online resource like a Dropbox or Evernote or a favorite app you could re- on your phone that you could recommend to our listeners? No, I mean I. I'm actually more off my computers, and I'm even even my master list is a hard copy. I carry around in my handbag, so I don't rely on technology at all. A lot of people in our team use that, but I actually am old school and use a book. I love that. I think sometimes people think you got to be online and techie. You're old school, and you're making it happen. I love it. But. I do. I did teach computers at school, actually. So computer <laughs> <laughs> stuff. I just I'm old school. As <laughs> you teach computers, but use a notebook. Uh, this next question, almost to the end here, I'm really interested about this because you do a lot of personal development. What's uh, two or three books that you could recommend to ML Nation? So William White Cloud writes a book called The Magician's Way that I love. It talks about being really clear on your why and detaching from the outcome. His books are phenomenal. So that's one of my favorites. I also like, um, that's one that often I tell people to read. I also like T. Harbecker's Millionaire Mindset uh, for people on money mindset because, you know what, you can do this business and you can end up throwing all your money away and not using it properly if you don't have your money right. So they're actually my two key that I often recommend to, I find they're the two key that ones that I ro- recommend to people in network marketing all the time. And here's the last question, the million dollar question. You ready? Yeah. Imagine to start all over again and you knew no one. So you didn't know Alan, didn't know your kids. You were like a total alien that went to another planet and they spoke, well, they spoke English. Yeah. But you had all your yeah. current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to build an MLM business from scratch? Awesome. I would just get out there and talk to people, whether it be, you know, the shopping mall or whether it be, you know, my whatever activities I'm interested in. I love personal development, so I do go to a lot of free and paid personal development courses and meet new people. And, you know, they lead me to other people as well. So it's, you know, there's people all around us, Simon. So I just get talking to people. And I prefer, as I said, like not as much online, but actually to get get out and do something that I love and meet people that way because it's more likely that we align and I feel like I can add value to their life in some way. And if that happens to be through network marketing, awesome. If it doesn't, 
you know, I, I kind of believe that we meet everybody in our life for a reason. So just get talking to people all around you. That's really what I'd be suggesting to people as well. What's the first place you go once you get leave your house to meet people? <laughs> the first place I would go, this is the thing, where I, if I was driven, even just the shopping mall, Simon, yesterday I was at a shopping mall and I had two decent conversations with people just at the shopping mall and that was just from buying food for lunch. So, you know, I'd probably, at that point, I'd probably just go to the shopping mall. If I didn't know anybody or anything, that's what I would do. So get hungry and go buy some lunch and meet some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey. You know what? If I was in a new country, I might go to the embassy. No, the, but there's just people everywhere is what I'm saying. Even on the way, like getting to the shopping mall, you might get into an Uber or a taxi and you're talking to the person there. You know, and not every single person I bring up network marketing with, but, you know, I sometimes, but I try to talk to a lot of people. So if I feel I align with them, then yeah, I will. Fantastic. And Lars, thank you so much. We're excited to have you and speak at No BS, No Hype in Brisbane, in Australia, August 24th, 25th. As we wrap up, any last words or advice? And also, what's the best way our listeners can connect with you and follow you? Awesome. Well, Simon, I think we should go back to what we we're talking about a bit earlier, just to say to take immediate action. So if people have invested the time in watching this you know, this live today that I would be thinking to myself right now, what's my next thing? What am I going to do? What piece of action can I do right now that's going to make a change in my network marketing business? And I mean, for some people, it might be just speaking to some people about some decent network marketing companies, you know? <laughs> so it's, um, it, it could be anything or what, you know, who could I pick, who could I call right now? So that would be my piece of advice for people. And Look, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Messenger. It's probably the best way to connect with me. And uh, yeah, but love to meet up with people in person too. So that's really cool. Thank you so much, Simon, for having me. Love your work with Network with this and everything you do and everything you stand for. And actually, no, I really do want to say too, you know, every year you on my birthday send me a message and, and it's always personalized. You know, and it's always you've taken the time to actually send that message with my name in it and to connect with me. You always send me a Christmas card too, and that means a lot. And that's that's the adding value that's really missing from everybody's life. You know, network marketing aside, you know, that's what I love to do, add value to people's lives, to show them that, that we care for them. And we can do that a lot in network marketing. I think that will help you build your business too lots of different businesses, just that extra special touch. And thank you for that. Thank you for being the person that you are and the person that you show up as. And thank you for having me along for the ride today. Well, thank you for the kind words. And uh, so ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you've been hanging out with Larry Hilsinger. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.com and just click on the podcast tab. Uh, look for Larry. That's L-A-R-I, Hilsinger, L-A-R-I, Click on the show notes page and the links to Laura's Facebook and all the nuggets of wisdom she shared will be right there. Hey, in order to be successful in network marketing and in life, you must help others. So, Laurie, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again and God bless you. Hey, ML Nation, Simon Chan. Quick recap here for a great show from Laurie Hilsinger. Hey, if you want to check out Laurie, she will be speaking at No BS, No Hype in Australia. It's the uh, longest running 
generic network marketing training event in Australia. You can go to mlnation.com forward slash no BS, N-O-B-S 2019 or just no BS and all the info will be there for the event. But thanks again, Delari. You can go to mlnation.com, click click on the show notes page, you can reach out to her. And the main part of this lesson is a couple of things. It's all about mindset, right? She shared about her own mindset with a lot of ego, you know, not you're scared, but being allergic to network marketing, not wanting to share. To once she got out of that, her business really took off. And the mindset change was happening at an event. You know, we talk about events, events, events. You got to go to your company events. Go to generic events, right? There's a lot of great events out there. If you're in Australia, you definitely want to go to No BS, No Hype. And because it was at the event that she heard someone's dream and why and what was possible in network marketing, and that got her going. And, you know, Laurie, just a lot of leaders invest tons in personal development. Actually, everything she shared out there is all about a mindset. That's why 95, I believe 95% of success is all up in the mind. And even things like you talk about tracking is so important because it makes you, even though network marketing is a million dollar business, you listen to, you believe it's a million dollar business, but are you treating it like a million dollar business? Tracking your numbers is easy, right? It's one of the simplest, easiest things to do to treat it like a million dollar business. Know your numbers. Unfortunately, what's easy to do is also many times easy not to do. But track, track your numbers. Know where, you, know where you're going. You know, we're all human. And, you know, I love how Laurie shared how you're being transparent. Like, sometimes she doesn't react the right right way, right? Because we can't control what other people do. The only thing we can control is how we react. And sometimes she doesn't react the right way. The first way. But it's okay. We can't control first reaction because we're all human. You may get disappointed. You may get angry. You may get down. But it's your second reaction. How do you bounce back? And how quickly you can bounce back determines your success. And she talked about meditation. Is definitely, I'm a huge fan of meditation, prayer. Definitely, it helps you out. But it's how quickly you can bounce back. Remember, you can't control your first reaction, but you can control your second reaction. And really, network marketing is uh, much easier than so many alternatives. And I, you know, I was not joking when I said residual income makes, if you really knew what residual income is and felt like, if you're slacking, gosh, you will work so, so much harder. Okay, so, uh, I still get a six-figure residual doing not, absolutely nothing. I've uh, been inactive for almost six years now and still getting a check. If you really knew that was what, what felt like, you work work so much harder. And at the same time, it, you know, I'm, I wasn't kidding. Also, like residual income also makes you lazy too because I definitely got lazy in many points of my network marketing career. Uh, just getting a check even when you don't work. You know, I mean, it's totally different from a job. Job you work, you get it paid. Network marketing, get residual, you don't work, you take a, you know weeks off, a couple months off to get paid. It's really sweet and way worth it. So if you haven't re- reached your goal yet, Stay focused, work on the DMO, and uh, you know, take action, take action, take action. Work on the income produced activities, the DMO. So I'm going to wrap it up. I'll let you, because Larry says, take action. Um, one thing you learned from the show. If you liked ML Nation, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Really appreciate it. Definitely connect with Larry Hilsinger. Thanks again for sharing her valuable time. And now it's over to you, ML Nation. Remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thanks for joining us today. Now head over to MLMNation.net for valuable recaps of every show and also to get your free training resource on how to use online duplication to grow your business. Thanks again for being a part of this amazing profession.